Well, today we're going to look into the, as we look into the Word of God, I want us to look into the um, Gospel of John, the 20th chapter. So if you've got your Bibles or your phones, fire it up, John chapter 20. And in John chapter 20, obviously it's going to be an Easter, Easter message, Easter's text, it tells us about um, encounters that Jesus had with his closest followers just after he rose from the grave, starting on Easter morning. So starting on the Easter morning, a little over 2,000 years ago, we're going to look at some encounters that he had one Easter morning, one Easter night, and one a few days later, all tied to the message of Easter. And what I want us to notice, something in particular, what I want us to notice through these encounters is the revelation of what Jesus' heart is toward those who follow him. I think this is really important. We're going to look for the revelation of what Jesus' heart is. How does he feel about his followers? How does he react to his followers? How does he react to his followers when we, do, when, we, when we miss the mark and we do well? How does Jesus feel towards us? Because this will reveal to us how he feels about us. How he reacts and acts towards us. It's going to give us a sense of understanding. When Jesus looks at us, what's he think about us? And I think and I hope that each of us will recognize that his heart towards us is love, that he loves those who follow him, and that maybe we need to give ourselves a little break because we might just think he's harsher toward us than is really true as we're walking with him. And I find a lot of times that as people, we can be really hard on ourselves and I think we project that onto God. So I want us to see, let's see how the heart of Jesus is exposed to these first encounters that he has with his followers starting on that first Easter morning 2,000 years ago. And John 20 tells us about three encounters that Jesus had. He encountered Mary Magdalene. He then encountered 10 of the 12 disciples. 10 because Judas had betrayed him and went out and hung himself. And Thomas, one of the disciples, just was missing. It doesn't explain why. And then the third encounter is his encounter with Thomas. That's recorded in John chapter 20. And what we'll see is that each of these encounters um, was unique. And that each, each of the people were in a unique emotional place in their lives. That Mary was brokenhearted. That the ten were fearful. And that Thomas was filled with doubt. And what's so wonderful about what we're going to find today here is that Jesus ministers to each of these where they're at. He loves them and he helps them according to the need of their situation. That he looks at them and says, he reveals, I love you through the circumstances. So let's start with the first one. Let's look um, with, with what happened with Mary Magdalene. Um, John starts off, by explaining that Mary was the first one to arrive at, at Jesus' tomb on Sunday morning, that she found it empty, and so she went and she told John and Peter, who then ran to the tomb and found it empty, and it says then they left and they went home. And we'll, we'll pick up right there in John chapter 20, verse 10. It says, so the disciples went away again to their homes, their own homes. So again, they just come to the tomb, they found it empty, they look inside, and they just, they, they return home. Verse 11, but Mary was standing outside the tomb weeping. And so she wept, and as she wept, she stooped and looked into the tomb. 
And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and, and one at the feet where the body of Jesus had been laying. And they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, because they have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they've laid him. And when she said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. We'll stop right there. First of all, notice Mary's emotional condition. It says she's what? She's weeping. Uh, Matter of fact, four times in these few verses, it points out that she was weeping. And I would say this, of course she's weeping. This is Mary Magdalene. This is the one whom Jesus drove seven demons out of, and she had been his faithful follower, his faithful supporter. Matter of fact, Mary was one of the people that was closest to Jesus. In just the past few days, she had seen Jesus arrested. She'd seen him beaten mercilessly. She'd seen him crucified, and then she'd see him buried in a tomb. And Mary, what is Mary? Mary is broken hearted. That was her emotional state. Everything she believed in, everything that she thought was true had been shattered. Her heart was broken and what did she do? She wept and she wept. Friends, have you ever found yourself in a situation like that? Where everything you thought was supposed to happen a certain way, everything you believed in, everything you had been told was one way, suddenly appears that it's upside down, it's broken, and you find yourself in a situation like this, where emotionally you're just broken hearted, and you're, you're saying, I, all you want to do is weep, or at least you feel like weeping, but you suck it up maybe, and you say, well, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do that, but, but you are broken hearted, because everything like Mary you believed in has been shattered. Well, notice what the text reveals about Jesus in this situation. If you're in this situation, what's it say about Jesus for your situation and my situation as he addresses Mary? He addresses her need and he asks her. He knew the answer, but he asked her, Mary, why are you weeping? And he lets her explain. He didn't dismiss her brokenness. He didn't tell her to just get over it. He allowed her to feel her pain and to express her emotions. And then he says to her, Mary. And she recognizes Jesus and her her tears turn into joy. And what we see here is we see Jesus's heart here is towards the brokenhearted. He allows a person to express their pain. Think of the Psalms. Think of all the times David's writing about his pain, his emotion, his, his, his heartache. That's what Jesus allows here. He allows a person to pour out their pain. He doesn't dismiss it. He doesn't call it being, oh, you're just a baby. He doesn't say, you know what, you don't have enough faith. But you know what I've experienced in my life? That a lot of times in the church world, if a person's broken heart and they experience, those are the exact same things people say to them. Oh, just get over it. Where's your faith? Suck it up. That's not what Jesus does. He comes to her. He allows her to express her emotions, allows her to feel her pain, and he personally comes to her and he calls her by name. He says, 
Mary. And we see the heart of Jesus here. What do we see? We see he is sensitive. We see he is loving. We see that he is restorative. So that the message of Easter um, that, that Jesus shows here that is still true today because Jesus is alive is that Jesus in our hurting is present with us in the same way. That he is sensitive and loving and restorative. So when life makes us weep, we have a compassionate Savior who comes to us and he calls us by name. And so I think this, the next time that we feel the way Mary feels, she felt that day, instead of doing what I see to be so common is people blame God or they get mad at God and say, why have you allowed my circumstances to turn out like this? Instead, what we could do is we could sit in silence We can invite him into our pain, invite him into our situation, express how we really feel to him in that moment, and then allow him to do what he did to Mary, to love us and call you by name, because that's what he'll do when we sit with him. That's what we see in Mary, and that's the promise that Jesus has for us on Easter as the Easter Savior. If you're brokenhearted, he'll come to us and he'll love us. Now let's look at the next one because you may say you're not brokenhearted. Let's move on um, because we want to continue to discover more about the heart of Jesus. The next encounter we find with, with Jesus is with the 10 of the 12 disciples. Let's look at this starting in verse 19 of the same chapter. Starting in verse 19 it says, So when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and when the doors were shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews... Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them both his hands and his side. The disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. And as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, any of their sins, they have been forgiven them. And if you retain the sins of any... They have been retained. Originally, as I was preparing for this service, I was just going to just preach on these verses for Easter Sunday. I was going to preach on the instructions Jesus gives his followers just after his resurrection. But as I read the text again, I couldn't get past this idea of seeing the heart of Jesus revealed in this situation. Notice what we see revealed here. It says that the ten were in some room someplace with the doors shut. And why does it say they were in the place with the doors shut? For fear of the Jews. Imagine something. They had just seen the Jewish religious leaders manipulate the Roman government into executing an innocent man. Pilate had found no guilt in Jesus. That's what we saw. Pilate had found no guilt in Jesus, but the Jews put such pressure on him that instead he had Jesus, an innocent man, killed, and he freed a murderer instead named Barabbas. And now the disciples believe that they would be next. Imagine they're thinking, if they could kill someone as popular as Jesus, surely they were in great danger. So they hid behind closed doors, but then out of nowhere. As they're hiding in fear, Jesus appears. And he showed them his hands and he showed them his sides. They saw the wounds from his crucifixion, proving that it was Jesus. And then he gives them the instructions. Now, I was sent by the Father, now you go. 
But notice something else. The scripture makes a point of showing that Jesus repeated something two times. And what is it? Peace be with you. Look at verse 21. So Jesus said to them, what's the next word? Again. Peace be with you. So Jesus said to them again in this short little interaction, peace be with you. You know, Mary needed comfort from her broken heart, but these guys needed something different. They were afraid and they needed peace. They were hiding in fear and their fear was very real. Fear of what might happen, what could destroy not only their hopes and their dreams, but also their very lives. They were afraid. So like with Mary, Jesus doesn't ignore or dismiss their emotional condition. Rather, he addresses it and ministers to them at their point of need. You could imagine that Jesus would have had every right to look at these 10 guys and say, really, guys? Really? I did all these miracles and I even told you in advance that I was going to die and I was going to rise again and here you are hiding like a bunch of little scaredy cats. But he didn't do that. He understood their condition and in love gave them what they needed most. Peace during a season of fear and uncertainty. Friends, that's what he still is offering you and me today. It's said, it's said that there's, and I've never counted, but that 365 times in the New Testament, Jesus greets people by either saying, fear not or peace be with you. That's what he is still speaking to us today by his word, inspired by his spirit. Jesus' Easter message, Jesus' resurrection, I am here message, word to those who are wrestling with fear today is this, peace be with you. Why? Because I am with you. David got this. David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear. Why? Because you are with me. Friends, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And if you are his follower, then Paul wrote to the Colossians something that's amazing about peace. He says that that you and I, if we are followers of Jesus, are hidden with Christ in God. And I want you to try to imagine that in your mind right now, that you are hidden with Christ in God, that you are wrapped up in his presence. So you right now are wrapped in the very presence of the Prince of Peace. You're hidden with Christ in God. That that's the reality of your situation. That no matter what thing is causing you fear, the truth about who you are and the situation you have with Christ is that you are hidden with Christ in God. You are wrapped in the presence of the Prince of Peace. That's the reality of your situation. That Jesus is holding you. You know what the only response to that for me is? Happy Easter. Happy Easter. He's alive and he's well and he's the prince of peace and he's holding you in his hands. You're hidden inside of his very presence. And so what's he give the people who are cowering in fear? Whatever fear-inducing fear things going on in your life right now, you say, life is not what I thought it would be right now. I'm afraid of the what-ifs. Like they were afraid of the what-ifs. What if my business doesn't make it? What if my job doesn't come, out, come around? What if my marriage doesn't make it? What if, what if, what if? What if my child doesn't serve the Lord? What ifs? 
And the Easter message is Jesus comes to us and he holds us and he looks at us and he says, peace, peace, because I'm here with you. You are hidden in my presence right now. And when we're hidden in his presence, we can rest in his reality. Happy Easter. Let's look at one last situation that reveals the heart of God here in John 20. We don't know why, but for some reason, Thomas had not been with the other ten disciples that first night, Easter night, the first night after the resurrection, that they were in that room locked in there. When Jesus appeared, for some reason, he wasn't there. And we find from the text is that others, the other people who had been there, told Thomas about the encounter. Mary probably told him, the disciples told him, but he just couldn't believe that Jesus was alive. Let's read about it. Verse 26. After eight days, so it's a little over a week after the resurrection. After eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them and Jesus came with the doors having been shut and stood in their midst and said, peace be with you. There he is again. And then he said to Thomas, reach here your fingers and see my hands. And reach here your hand and put it into my side and do not be unbelieving but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, because you have seen me, have you believed? Blessed are they who did not see me and yet believed. What name do we usually give to Thomas? Doubting Thomas. Matter of fact, when somebody doubts, we look at him and say, well, you're just a doubting Thomas. He doubted that what Mary and the ten said could possibly be true. He couldn't believe that Jesus was alive unless he saw him for himself. So emotionally, he was in a state of doubting. He was in a state of uncertainty. Have you ever been in a spot like that yourself ever? You just don't know what to believe anymore. You just don't know what to do next. You're confused, you're uncertain, you're doubting. That's the kind of spot he was in. That's the headspace that Thomas was in. And I'm sure he had all the voices of all the other ten and, and Mary all telling him, listen, he's, he's real, he's alive, we saw him, but he just couldn't believe. So with a heart of understanding, Jesus comes to him and lets him see his hands. And touch his side. And notice, Jesus didn't condemn him for doubting. Instead, he did something. He helped him to believe again. I think that's the important word. He helped him to believe in him again. And I think some of us need to hear this today. You have felt strong in your past. Things seemed to make sense. Everything, all the, all the ducks were in a row. But things in life have gotten shaken up. Globally, friends, things have gotten shaken up in the last 12 months. Last year, none of you were sitting in here. I was here by myself talking to a camera. Things have gotten shaken up. Things that, that, that don't seem to make sense. So much of what you are sure of 
has been shaken and doubt is beginning to creep in. And I would say this, according to this message, this Easter message from John 20 is this, Jesus understands. Jesus doesn't condemn you. Instead, he wants to help you believe again. See, Easter is about the risen Savior, Jesus himself, reminding us that he is here for us, that we can trust in him still, that we can trust in him again, that we can trust in him for the first time. Notice something with me. Look in John chapter 20, verse 31. It says, but these things have been written so that you may believe, and for some of you, you could put believe again that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in His name. Friends, the life that we, that we want to live, the real life that's offered to us is through believing in the living Savior. Friends, the Easter account that we've just went through today, the Easter account was written so that we may believe in Jesus' first-hand accounts of people who said, this really happened to me. It reminds us that He is still alive and He's still here for each and every one of us, no matter what situation we find ourselves in today. That He's here for the brokenhearted. And he's here for the fearful. And he's here for the doubting. And he's here if you say, I'm on cloud nine and I got nothing but, nothing but sunshine and unicorns in my life right now. He's here for you also. But here's what I know about life. All of us find ourselves as broken hearted and fearful and doubting. And he's here for you today. He is not here in a condemning manner. He is here like he was for all of these with love. Right here, right now, right where we are at. And my Easter hope for each of us today is that we'd open up our hearts to him and we would understand that he loves you today. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Jesus, today we're reminded that you are alive and well. And Lord, we ask that you would meet each of us at our own point of need today. Lord, I have to believe in this place there are people who are in a brokenhearted situation. And I pray, God, that you would speak their names to them. Let them know that you're here. Lord, there's people today that are fearful. They're looking at the future and they just don't know. In the past, things seem so solid, but they just don't know. And there's fear. And Lord, I pray today as the Prince of Peace, you would help them to feel that they are hidden with Christ in God. They're enveloped in your peace today as they rest in you. And Lord, then there's some here today that are doubting. Or maybe it's the first time they've been at church in a long time. 
And Lord, it's Easter and it's just a thing to do. So they joined some family or some friends or they came by themselves or they're watching online and they're here and they're doubting. They're saying, life's making it hard for me to believe. But Lord, this is what I know. That yes, you show us these, these eyewitness accounts from real people who really experienced this years ago. But ultimately, Lord, you cause us to know the truth because of your reality and your presence by your Spirit. And so, Holy Spirit, there may be some in this very room or some watching online today who are even doubting right now. Maybe they used to believe. And God, help them to believe again. Help each one to believe for the first time that you are alive and well and Savior and you love them and you're inviting them to live their lives with you. Friends, our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. I just ask this simple message, a simple question. You're here today and one of these situations has really spoken to your heart and you really desperately want Jesus to minister in a real tangible way today. You want to, you need to feel his peace. You need to know that he loves you even when you're weeping. Or you need to feel again that you can believe in him. Their heads bowed and their eyes closed. I'm going to ask you to do something bold if that's you today. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to embarrass you, I promise. But I want you to give a chance to just respond to the moment. If that's you today. I want you just to look up and look me right in the eye. I'm not going to call you out. Just look me in the eye, okay? Over on my left first, okay? Again, this is just saying, I'm saying, Jesus, I need you today in this situation. On my right, okay? How about the center? People all over the place. All right. All right, I'm not going to promise. I'm just saying this so you can respond. Over on my right, your left, this section, okay? Lord, you see this this morning in this congregation. We can't even see the people that are online, but what I see is that, Lord, all over our church family, the honesty of our hearts is saying that some of these ways, we need a touch from you. And so, Lord, right now, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray for this congregation, for every single person who said, I need the Lord in a special way. I pray right now in the quietness of this moment that you would minister to every single person who said yes I need a touch right now right now in the quietness of the moment for some let them hear their their name in their heart you're saying Mary John or Steve.
for some, Lord. Let them hear your words from Scripture that tells the truth in the midst of fear that says, Peace, be still. That I will not fear, for thou art with me. Help them, each one, to feel the reality of being hidden with Christ in God. And for the doubting. Let them know today that you love them and that right now as they say, yes, Jesus, I need you. Some for the first time, you're saying, yes, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, Holy Spirit, I would pray that this Easter, the greatest gift that any person in this place could receive, greater than spending time with family and all the joy that comes with doing fun stuff with kids and grandkids, would be that today each would know that you are in this moment, this is a divine moment. And that you're holding each one and loving each one. That you're not mad. You're not condemning. You are love. So bless each one, I pray now. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm hoping that you felt experience the reality of the Holy Spirit in these moments. If you'd like prayer when we're dismissed in a moment, I'll be up here. Other people will be here. We'll gladly pray with you. Otherwise, I hope you have the most wonderful Easter you've ever had in your entire life, knowing that Jesus loves you. Stand with me this morning. Let me pray a blessing over you. May the Lord bless you and keep you Lord, make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you, friends. Have a wonderful Easter. God bless you. You are dismissed.